Greetings Grapple fans, it's time yet again for two different generations of wrestling fans to go through the over of five-star matches in the eyes of Dave Meltzer that the world of wrestling has bestowed upon us from the year 1983 to the present day, currently, of 2019. It's Let Me Tell You Something, I'm your co-host Lorcan Mullen and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. Now, my GCS free... GCSE French must be failing me. I have no idea what you meant by over. I was scrambling. Oof, and I'm like, I should have said oeuvre, not oeuvre. Uh, oeuvre. Okay. I'm fairly sure of like, what the egg of wrestling. <laughs> Why do the uh, French only have one egg for breakfast? Why do the French only have one egg for breakfast? Because one egg is enough. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love jokes that... I think this is more about the time of recording than it is the actual quality of the joke there. <laughs> for that level of hysteria to come to John, to, to Simon. You're going to make it through one. the rest of this episode. I'll, I'll so. be alright. I'll be alright. I'm not going to egg it on. Nice. Right, so we've had a quick scramble to get to our notes. And we have found... Oh, he just poached my pun there. <laughs> I think we found the ceiling now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we have in front of us now, a match that I don't know whether it was on a Friday or not, but it was a match in 1993, December of 1993, and it's a rematch to a previous match that we've had on this list. It's another Joshi match, and it's a rematch to the only Joshi match that I have given five stars to. Simon, Kel surprise, there's a bit more French for you, did not do such a thing. Uh, and it is for the WWWA Tag Team Championship. It's an interpromotional match where the native team of Manami Toyota and Toshio Yamada try to reclaim their promotions tag titles from the JWP pairing of Dynamite Kanzai and Mayumi Ozaki. What's interesting, though, is that the previous match was a two out of three falls match, and this has gone back to a single fall structure. Which, to be fair, also happened with Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, although there was a different... There was a way of doing that where it was like a, a different stipulation with the judges' scorecards to confirm a, a guaranteed victor and all that sort of stuff. Um, were you surprised by that, Simon, after we'd had two out of three falls, that they would go back to one fall? Um, yeah, uh, not really. I think... I think it's weird because two out of three falls is kind of usually like the blow off um, mm. ma- match in a feud, you know, because it's like oh we're we're just as good as e- we anyone we can beat each other on any given night. So who's mm. the better? <clears throat> Sasha Banks, even though it wasn't for two out of three falls, um, gives a great line which sums up how they should be implemented in wrestling. Uh, after she's lost the title to Bailey at. Uh, take over Brooklyn she goes you were better than me on that night but on that night only mm. yeah and um, it's interesting uh, one of the things I really liked about the previous match was it did seem to have actually a bit of an ebb and a flow too often in these Joshi matches they seem to fall down the pothole that uh, a lot of 
uh, modern day indie or indie-fied wrestling, because this is as much a problem in WWE at times, is that it's just a collection of moves, lots of big moves, lots of uh, kickouts, and nothing means anything after a while. Uh, whereas, whilst there was a lot of that in that two out of three falls match, the two out of three falls arc allowed them to do some good stories, and each fall had its own narrative, the first one being a super short one, the second one being sort of a sprint, and then the third one going back to more of a conventional tag team match. Mm. Um, this one as well, I think, out of all of the Joshi matches so far, I think the matches between these four have more of a sense of a story being told, of characterization, of stories within the match. Uh, a specific, and, and it's, I think it also especially helps that, I think I might have said it in the previous one, one of the things I, like, I, I love... Any kind of tag team I love, but I, there are two t types of tag team I suppose I love the most, and they're weirdly kind of um, the polar opposite of each other. One is where they're two teams of like almost so complementary to one another because they're so much the same, and they just do what they do really well. So you think like your Rockers or your the the Revival or the Hardy Boys yeah. or the Dudley Boys or what what have you, and then there's the ones where one whatever strengths one wrestler has their partner has the other strengths so, so you Kane have Kane and RVD Kane and RVD the Hart Foundation Shawn Michaels and Diesel um Team Hell No Kane was great with those sort of uh tag teams uh Razor Power Rollins, and Glory the uh, Shield for example that was Power mm. and Speed yeah yeah up to a point uh yeah yeah I would agree with you there um yeah so those and, and that's and that dynamic is what both teams have in this feud you have the larger um strike based wrestlers of uh kanzai for the jwp team and i believe it's uh toyota for the uh japanese for the all japan women team but even and then, with that you've got different kind of striking like Toyota's yes. more a speed striker whereas yes Kansai she's, is female Kawada she's a big bully she's yeah. definitely larger than all the other women but uh, see, uh, not... they've both got the yellow in their hair they've both got the yellow tights they both love kicking fuck out of people shorter hair on both of them as well whereas yeah. their tag team partners are a bit more <clears throat> conventionally glamorous uh, whilst they and they have more of a high flying technical style, yeah. Uh, so, they both have their strengths. Like everyone can do submission holds and and wrench at them pretty nastily. But those two, I think, it's the fact that those two teams complement each other really well, and that's where you have the especially the the rivalry between the two strikers. You always feel like Kanzai and Toyota just can't wait to go at each other. But I think that's actually the the pairing that's used the most sparingly because it is going to work better in short bursts where they just start kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah. And they kick the shit out of each other. Kanzai's kicks are just brutal. The oh, only thing that, the I only winced thing that, a lot throughout watching this. The only thing that I think... I think it's because Alistair Black is so good at kicking, but also at accuracy. The, these sort of examples where they're almost falling over themselves at times. In many ways, I guess it's more realistic. Yeah. But it doesn't have that cool crispness. It's why I always thought, like, CM Punk's Muay Thai kicks were never really that graceful or anything or, or, or anything like that. And that's why Alistair Black, who has legitimate, you know, I'm sure Punk will think he has legitimate uh, martial arts training, 
yeah. was able to do something that others could X Pac was very good at that as well. His kicks usually had a lot more accuracy and um finesse to them. Well X Pac had like the balance and mm. like, the agility to do it. Mm. So, also, one of the things I, I want to make... Uh, so, it starts off, like the last time, actually, with the JWP pair attacking early. Um, and then it very quickly going into a, a, a traditional Japanese sort of tag team match where people will be worked over, but they won't be worked over for extended long periods of time, for the most part. There might be one or two of those segments, but it will be like one person's worked over, the the, the team tags in and out maybe once or twice, but the, the one that's been attacked is eventually able to fight their way back and tag in their opponent to prevent any long-term damage really being um, made. Then uh, there are big moves used in the match. Uh, we have a. I remember there was one um, Joshi match early on that had a thirty-seven rotation giant swing. Yeah. This one they do the swing, but it's in a stretch muffler submission hold. I did love that. Mm. <clears throat> we saw. I see in this match we see a bit more innovation. Yes. As well, like a bit more of departure from already the very. Um, inventive world of Joshi wrestling. So, um, I mean, this isn't invention as such, but for example, the way that, um, Azaki hits the full crab in like the first few minutes of the match. Oh, she wrenches on that hard, doesn't she? Yeah. It's it's sort of like she, it's like a bow and arrow in a sense. Mm. She has an interesting, she has an interesting, she does an interesting thing with the submission holds, which was something that I loved Samoa Joe doing, especially during his time in TNA, and I don't know if he took that from uh, Ozaki, which is she'll have one submission hold on, and then she'll adjust the hold to reflect maybe the new ring positioning of the ma- of the mm. of the pair of them as their pa- opponent tries to make it to the ropes. You know, uh, Joe would be so good at that. He starts off with one hold, maybe wrenching at the neck, but then as his opponent gets close to the ropes, he tries to take out the arms and the legs yeah. and so on to make it harder for him to get to the ropes. And that was something Azaki did really well in this. Sasha does it a little bit as well with her mm. um, uh, springboard off the rope roll through to get them mm. back into the centre. Which is a bit yeah. more like graceful and technical than, like, for example, Kurt Angle dragging someone back with the ankle mm. lock. There was some good, yeah. There was really good tag t- tag psychology in there. And one of the things I love, again, you know, we've seen said this so many times with Japanese wrestling, and and you know they do try this in, in American ones, but the Japanese do it a lot better, I think, is making like their double team moves count, and it being a case of them trying to take advantage of a situation. So one guy will knock off the partner off the apron to give mm. them that time and that opening. And that was like uh, the, the JWP pair did it where um, I think it was uh, Ozaki has Yamada up in a, in a camel clutch. Kanzai sprints across the ring, knocks Toyota off the, the apron and then just leathers Ozaki. Oh, that, that's when uh, I went Yamada with a kick to the chest. Yeah. Like you can hear that, and I, then a few moments later, the the AJW pair get their own back, and Toyota decides, "I think I'll give you a few more kicks this time." But again, that accentuates the point I was making earlier. Kansai just hits that one haymaker of a kick, mm. whereas Toyota's hit like a six kick combo um, in quick succession. It that is that Kansai kick, that honest. Honestly, yeah. I I, actually, oh. I properly I, I felt you know the wince you feel not just like ooh like but in your body your body just does involuntarily goes oh 
There was another point where where Kanzai did a double stomp to Yamada and she looked like she put her full weight into that. There's a way of doing the... Like you see how Finn Balor does it. He sort of does it where he lands on his toes. He sort of and rolls through it. Yeah, he puts his weight sort of because he's rolling forward and it's on his toes. He's his he's putting he throws the momentum into himself. Mm. That didn't happen here. Yeah. <laughs> Is it recklessness? Is it selfishness in someone to do that? To because you are being trusted, and you. You show no concern for the other person's well-being, but I think it's one of those things that Kanzai would expect to have. If someone did a double stomp to her, she'd expect them to put their full weight into it. Maybe this is why they had to retire at like twenty-six. <laughs> I think that started to die out at this point because it is like all these different promotions, and not all of them will have had that mandatory retirement age, and probably some of them will have been created because of that mandatory retirement age. Um, but yeah, like. These like the Japanese women's wrestling matches are, are sort of becoming notorious for all their big moves, but I don't really see a huge move being implemented until about twenty minutes into the match, and that's the sign of the sort of not the finishing straight, but like the next gear shift in the match, mm. where I think it's Kanzai does a splash mountain power bomb, where again I think it's Yamada, she just takes. <laughs> takes a licking and keeps on ticking because yeah. she takes a splash mountain crucifix powerbomb that seems to be all neck and shoulders that took that hold that move and you know it's horrible to watch really yeah and then um and then you're right it just accelerates from there like massively mm. i mean we get um a really sort of like awkward move when they um end up outside the ring um, oh, that's li- yeah, I've got it here. So when they're outside the ring, I can't remember who it is that hits the moon salt um, to the outside. Oh yeah, yeah. Kansai um, Toyota hits this moon salt onto Kansai, and she full on connects with her yeah. knee right. In yeah, Kansai's the knee face. seems. I wasn't sure if it was the face or kind of in the chest, but it yeah. was definitely. You could tell that that winded her. She never really recovered from that. I don't think in the match. You could tell it was a. Um, that was a recklessness slash carelessness moment as well by the way the guys on the outside were like oh she yeah. might be out cold here yeah yeah doomsday moves were popular in the match there was a attempted a doomsday bulldog which yamada turned into a victory roll mm. uh yamada and toyota do a doomsday enziguri kick off the top rope uh, i think there was a doomsday device quite early on in the match as well yeah um but yeah you just get these the, like the moves start going crazy at this point. Also, one thing I must say: some suspect tags that really didn't seem fully legal is mm. like they had one foot on the rope, but the rest of their body was inside the ring, and that tag counted. Yeah, and there's one bit that really bothered me. Um, obviously, they're in their typical baby face have the far left corner, heels have the near side right corner. At one point, Kansai changes corner to tag into. Yes. Well, I was. Is that. I wondered if that was a weird camera situation where they had two hard cameras on opposite sides of the ring. Because it happened a couple of times and it made no sense. Oh, no, but she walked to it. Mm. I was very. The time I I saw it, she walked to that corner to make that tag. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was some loose uh, acceptance of the rules. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like you say, you start sort of reciting stuff as well. But one thing I did notice was that Yamada did that classic Lioness Asuka, not the sorry, it was Jaguar Yakota, where she wouldn't kick out of moves that much. Uh, pins, she would bridge out of them. Yeah. Again, something you didn't really, <laughs> I've never really seen outside of these Joshi matches. Um, but yeah, when Toyota tags in, that's really the first time there's a proper hot tag in the match. Mm. Um, and then she, this is where you kind of, you know, our, our accusations of overkill kind of come in again. Because we've talked about how important the backdrop suplex is. In Japanese wrestling. In Japanese wrestling, because one of those was all it took, was what Luthez beat Ricky Dozan with. So when Toyota hits Dynamite Kanzai with seven consecutive ones of them, mm. then the question comes, uh, uh, maybe that was a bit much. Yeah, this was really this time where you started to get like rolling suplexes and and multiple versions and Tatsuhito Takaiwa around this time I think came up with a double power bomb, which Chris Jericho used for a while in WWE. Um, but yeah, it just starts to get big moves and it all gets a, not dangerous. Well, it does get dangerous in some places. There's a there's a backdrop out of a vertebraker where uh, Toyota basically lands on her head. Mm. And that really was horrible to watch. Uh, they do a they do a top rope um, double head butt. That gets yeah. a long two counts. Um, but again, this is the match has so many sort of false endings. I could have sworn that was going to be the finish when that was the finish. Mm. And I think that's the problem when they went to this overdrive. I I don't want to like sell my. Um, self short here but i certainly think the match everything everything got lost in the shuffle in the last few minutes mm. i don't know if i'd fully agree with that i thought i thought they did a really good finishing part of them trying to isolate um ozaki and taking her out at numerous points to try and finish off um oh uh sorry so yeah kanzai to try and isolate ozaki and that is what happens in the end. Um, yeah. Where she... Because uh, they have Ozaki kick out of the Ocean Cyclone suplex, which is a very, you know... That was basically her her finish move that won every match she was in. Mm. And so then uh, Yamada hits a crazy missile drop kick to the outside on Kanzai. Like, you think the bump she takes from that... Yeah, going from the uh... top rope, landing on the floor on the outside, and immediately getting back up to hit an inverted ocean cyclone onto uh, Ozaki to get the three count. And that was an awkward... It was almost like the first time... It was almost like the first time. We might have got the names mixed up, but, you know, poor notes. (laughs) But, no, no, the missile drop kicks, um, they are insane just the velocity she gets into them i know i say that word a lot yeah well they're smaller and they're you know they're quicker yeah but yeah that will that that drop kick to the outside was insane and then followed up with the inverted ocean cyclone which i feel like must have been the first time she debuted that move and it was almost like an alabama slam with a cross arm straight jacket yeah and and it lands awkwardly because um one uh because ozaki it seems like her foot hits the mat before her body does, and so that sort of slows down the impact of well, it. And because it doesn't of the have a... combination of moves that it is, I put it to you, mm. is there a way of landing that well? 
You, you don't really have a lot of... Um, you have, like, There is nothing the recipient can really do to control that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was it was an awkward way to finish it, but it, it could have worked. It could have worked. Um, but it was a very impressive match, I thought. I'm um, surprised you were kind of seemed to lose it with you towards the end. I mean, I'll say it wasn't as good as the previous match, which is one of the matches I've given five stars. I wouldn't quite give this one five stars. But out of all the Joshi matches we've watched, this is definitely in the top three, maybe second place. To uh, me, the other one being the other one being the original one that we watched, Yakota Asuka. To me, it's not a tale of two halves. It's not quite as simple as like that old footballing cliche. But it's um, it's two, there's two stanzas to this. The mm. first twenty minutes are really, 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 really good. I I loved. I was like invested in this. Um, Were you like thinking this minutes. is five stars, possibly? Yeah, I, you know what I. I it, if the match was ten minutes shorter, I probably would have given it. But the last ten minutes, just the spam and the it crossed too too much into for me into the oh okay it, not near full but these should have finished. Yeah, but to be fair, in the tag team environment, it works a bit more because you've always got the way that the partner can out you know save their partner. And there is some of that, yeah, but not a lot of that in that ten minute period. Mm. Um. Do you get where I'm coming from? I, I just I feel get, there was I so more like uh, combo breakers. And I get it, but I didn't think I didn't think it was definitely don't think it was ten minutes too long. And I definitely don't think that I think the fact that they reserved the big moves until like the last ten minutes really helped that. I'm just and saying I, there was a bit too much. Uh, yeah, but I think if it, you know the, one of our frequent criticisms is the lack of I don't know if think if it's the lack of psychology or if it's just the a type of psychology that we don't buy into as much. Mm. But I think that they were, I think this was maybe, maybe this told a better story than the previous one almost insofar as, um, I don't know. No, probably not. I wouldn't agree with that because otherwise I wouldn't give that. But if someone actually, if someone said they thought this was better than the two out of three falls match, I wouldn't have a problem with them saying that. And personally, that's where I land. Mm. I, I do think this is the better one. Mm. I have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> you hypocrite. Um, but no, I, ju- I just feel that there was just a little bit too much at the very end. Mm. Okay. Well, that's that's where we stand. It seems it's like... I will say it's... The I, be- it's I, I would possibly say it's the best Josie match I've seen so far. Okay. That's in- so I think that makes it clear. It's a recommendation to watch. Oh, just- yeah. 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 Uh, um, uh, yeah, we don't want to dwell on the negatives. This was a really well wrestled match for incredibly talented people mm. doing a good job of it, and and they end it on like a is that sense of a an epic rivalry coming to its conclusion, and they do shake hands so, somewhat reluctantly, but not to the point of hatred. Like the hatred's kind of yeah. finally been flushed out of their system the natives have been able to reclaim the titles that they've at the end of the day they are still even though they are friendly they are still enemies in a sense I don't they're know if they're different... enemies I think they're rivals yeah they are, but they are of different federations so they can never yes. truly be on yes. the same page so that was the 
third and final match of the series and the second of the series to get five stars from Dave Meltzer between these two teams. And next week, no, not next week, but in the next episode, we're in All Japan Pro Wrestling as another six-man tag team match, a staple of these shows so far, takes place. And it's an interesting addition to a classic lineup as Mitsuhara Misawa and Kenta Kabashi team up with Giant Baba, the promotion's owner and founder himself, to take on the Holy Demon Army of Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawai, and LMTYS cult favourite, he's back again, Masanobu the Shithouse Bushi. Oh, Got I, that to look forward to, Sai? I, I love his shithousery. <laughs> He's an artist. He's a shithouse artist. <laughs> but until then, how can people get in touch with you, Simon, to give other examples of shithousery that they may have found in their everyday life? So if people want to spam me with pictures of Sergio Ramos, mm-hmm. um, they can get Wow, in touch. that's right. Fushi is the Sergio Ramos of pro wrestling. It's <laughs> a good title. Um, mm. People can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the amount of times I thought... Um, I thought that Kansai kicked one of those ladies so hard that their soul left their body during the course of this match. My name's Lorcan Mullen, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for All Japan, N for New Japan. You put an at gmail.com at the end of that, that's my email address. You'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Letterboxd, Instagram, all sorts of things with that with that name. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod at gmail.com. But until our next episode, thank you for letting us tell you something. On behalf of myself, Lorca Mullen. And myself, Simon Cross. We want you to have a five-star time. Until the next time. Let's go to the beach, eat, let's go get a wave. They say what they gonna say. Have a drink, clink, found a Bud Light. Bad bitches like me, it's hard to come by. The Patron, oh, let's go get it down. The sound, oh, yes, I'm in the zone. Is it two, three, leave a good tip. I'ma blow all of my money and don't give a shit. I'm on the floor.